Hey, Dwight, ready to do the podcast? Dwight's not here right now. I am not Dwight. I am the darkness. I am the one who flaps in the night. I laugh in the face of evil. I am the Dwight man. You're doing that because we just watched Batman, aren't you? No. No, this is this is the Dwight man. I have I have always been him and I've what is this Batman that you speak of? Guys, we watched Batman the Animated Series, almost got him, and it's in the basket. The writer's bagel basket. I almost got you to believe that I was the Dwight Man, though. Sure did. Yeah. Sure did. Tear me apart, Lisa! Fourteen! Great birthdays without him! He never even sent me a damn card! Die over him! Because I'm Homer Simpson! Pizza, pizza, pizza! <laughs> Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin. And I'm Dwight Stearns, back from my long vacation. Not really, but I'm back. Dwight was out saving the galaxy. How was that? Uh, it was good. It was overall good. Dwight Man did a really good job saving the galaxy, so what can I say? So, uh, Dwight, what did we watch this week? This week we watched, as you said at the beginning, uh, Batman the Animated Series, um, and we watched the, specifically the episode Almost Got Him. And this is a great episode. Batman the Animated Series, in general, is a fantastic show. Like, I've, I didn't watch that much of it growing up, but what I caught was always amazing. The way you watched Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and loved Batman the Animated Series... And Animaniacs were, like, mm -hmm. my go-to. You mentioned nice. on uh, your other podcast how there were cartoons that, like, made up your childhood and Dragon Ball Z and yes. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were yours. 100%. Mine was Batman the Animated Series and Classic Simpsons and nice. Animaniacs. I wasn't allowed to watch Classic Simpsons as a kid. I don't know if I talked about that on, my Simpsons, on the Simpsons episode that we did. But um, that was one of those, like, it's inappropriate type of deals. But um, My so, mom was but always I, like that, and my dad was like, hey, your mom's not home. Do you want to watch it? But I was able to watch uh, shows where, with, where people punched each other in the face really hard with weapons and laser beams. That's like <laughs> how in, like, France they get mad at America because all of our films are violent. Mm -hmm. But and we put but they show boobs and everything, right? And how like the nudity is okay, but violence is bad over there. And how like violence is okay here, and nudity is so taboo. Which you know, arguably makes sense for them because I mean you know a boob is a boob. Everyone has a boob, but like stabbing someone is, is like is pretty messed up. Exactly, yeah. And, but anyways, and this this cartoon, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved. Mm -hmm. Kevin Conroy, Mark Hamill. Yep. I mean, the animated cast in the voice cast in this episode alone was you had Mark Hamill, Richard Mull, who was Bull on Night Court. Uh, oh, that I totally remembered. Night Court was the show my dad wanted us to do on the podcast. Night Court. Oh, yes, we talked about that. And yeah. the, the reason that I thought that was funny is because of Red Letter Media always talking about night court tapes and their early stuff so yeah i would be totally up for watching Richard a night court episode. is two-face mm -hmm. and then uh you had i think it was you had paul williams as 
the penguin, but you had, I think it was Gina Gershon was Poison Ivy, or someone really famous was Poison Ivy. I the only people that I know from the um, animated series is Kevin Conroy, uh, obviously Mark Hamill, and I forget the name of the woman who did um, Harley Quinn, but I know she was Arlene Sorkin. Arlene Sorkin, yes, right. She's because she did Harley Quinn up through I think the first Arkham game. Mm-hmm, she did, but and now it's Tara Strong. Yes, who's also good. Yeah. She's at least a real voice actor, which is nice. <laughs> so this episode, I always loved. Uh, like, my top three were Almost Got Him is tied for first place with um, Mad Love. And I, I can't remember the one, but it's the one where Commissioner Gordon goes on a manhunt to kill Batman. As he should. Yeah. And we said you were telling me that's the one where like he thinks that Barbara dies, so like he because she's under Barbara. Spoiler alert is under the neurotoxin of the scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And but this one, like I just love the idea that every week, like Two Face and Poison Ivy and uh, it was Killer the, Croc, Penguin, and, and the Joker. Joker have a have a card game. Like the idea of them just being normal people. I, I like when shows do stuff like that, like where they where they take a thing that's fantastical, like these people who are literally supervillains who murder people, and then they take it, them and put them in like a humanized situation, almost like a slice of life type thing about these like people's arguably every day to day lives. I want a nice clean game, gentlemen. That'll be a first. So I hear you know who nailed the Mad Hatter last week. No kidding. He sure gets around for one guy. Yeah, well, that's where you're wrong. I don't think it is one guy. Huh? Well, yeah, I figure that Gordon's got a bunch of them stashed someplace like a SWAT team. He wants you to think it's one guy, but... Now you're always seeing double. It's obvious our cape friend suffered some crime-related trauma when he was younger. It's fascinating seeing them on their downtime and what they do. They're all cheating at the card game. They're all, like throwing jabs at each other and it's yeah. it's fun to see them and like think of them as like actually friends yeah and they're all taking each other's lumps until someone goes hey did you hear who was in the news again and that's code for batman basically yeah. captured one of our friends yeah well they were talking about it at the beginning they were like trying to figure out whether or not i think it was gordon had like multiple people dressing up like the batman is that what they were talking yeah, about yeah they're like there there's more than one batman and Joker's like, no, there's not. I'm going to just be going in the Mark Hamill voice. <laughs> like, his voice is so good. It's Before so Before we get into it, we have to go with, like, in my opinion, the two best Batman and Jokers of all time are Michael Keaton slash Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill slash Heath Ledger. Like, to me, those are mm-hmm. the two, like, iconic. Like, I, I 100% do not disagree with you. Um, obvi- like, Kevin Conroy for what he was able to do with just a vocal performance, um, the differentiation between him being Bruce Wayne versus Batman is so subtle, but perfect. And he's the only actor to ever get it right. Yes. Like, cause yeah, his Bruce Wayne's not too over the top. Like Christian Bale was his Batman's not too insane. Like Christian Bale was, um, he's not Christian Bale. Rachel. I still uh, love it. Where is he? <laughs> I swear to God. Swear to me. <laughs> and I, yeah, that's I, a weird voice. And his, 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 Christian Bale's like, Bruce Wayne is like, so drunk. He's like, just take your stuff. It's like when he like, 
had his berserker moment on the Terminator set, and he's like, oh, oh. very good for you. <laughs> oh, good. Good for <laughs> you. Like, that. that's his Bruce Wayne, in my opinion. I was like, I love these films, but Christian, could you not? Just tone him back. When he, It's just him talking to Alfred. He's good. But when yeah. he's, like, being Playboy Bruce Wayne. Anyways, we're here to talk about the animated series. Right. Um, well, th- that's my point, is that, like, they did... The animated series did more in uh, 110 episodes, and uh, in my opinion, Batman Mask of the Phantasm might be the best Batman movie of all time. Okay. For me, that is like the ultimate Batman movie, because it's not an origin story. Well, it's a continuation, it, right? It's an origin story, but it because it, it, it tells the story, it, it's basically Batman Year One. Oh, okay, okay. Um. It's the story of Batman Year One, but they don't really focus on Commissioner Gordon. Instead, it's how Bruce found the love of his life. And I assume then she was ripped from his life. It's been, it's been a long time. I don't even think I've seen Mask of the Phantasm all the way through. Well, like I've caught pe- bits and pieces of it on TV. Spoilers! Spoiler alert: She turns out to be the Phantasm. I know that because of the action figure. Like I know the action figure I believe came with her unmasked. Oh, it was like the Phantasm unmasked or something oh, like okay. that. Because I, I didn't know if you were looking at the Phantasm. Like, does the Phantasm have boobs? <laughs> no, nothing like that. Okay. But um, but what you're saying about like them having a hundred and something episodes—that's almost unfair. Like, there's been no other interpretation. Like, you can't really compare a one hundred and blank episode TV series versus a one hundred minute adaptation of something. Like, Michael Keaton got what four hours max to bring his Batman to life. Yeah. Whereas Kevin Conroy, and like, granted, one episode of of Batman is a more complete version well, of. He so- Kevin Conroy sold me like from the first episode when they did Man Bat, like. That was the first episode? Yeah. Wow, it's been forever since I've seen this show. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and that's what I loved about this this series is that they started off... Even here, you have villains who are well-known, but like they don't go for the big uh, like names. Like They don't go for... like you, Yes, you have the Joker, but you also have Killer Croc, and you have Two-Face. Yeah, I guess. See, I'm... They counter one big villain with one lesser known i guess i'm more of a casual batman fan in like the way that to me a b-list batman villain quote-unquote would be like i know he was on the show but like scarface or like um the way even, that even clayface yeah but like because like harvey dent I, as far as i can tell is always like a crucial part of the mythology well what so I is mean, like ivy what and... i mean in this is they have like the but the penguin is like lesser known so you have <laughs> Well, he was Burgess Meredith, right? In the 66 version? Wasn't yeah. that Burgess Meredith? Yeah. That's awesome. But they could never get the Penguin right for a cartoon, uh, for like a comic book. They couldn't get him right until like the animated series. That's a bold statement. I don't... Okay. Oh, <laughs> That's well, fair. Okay, I should say they couldn't get him right until Tim Burton. Because Tim Burton worked... Tim Burton was a producer on Batman the Animated Series. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Uh, you, yeah you can see the um, influence. Because he, Danny Elfman's theme is the theme for yes, the which is show. Cool. And he helped design the Penguin, which was... Because they were doing the Burton animated... Did or... Burton did? Burton okay. did. Because he let them see photos of uh, Danny DeVito before anyone else did. Nice. So, in my opinion, like, Burton... This is... Batman the Animated Series is Burton error. And this... This background, this episode, 
shows like that burden influence design. Okay, I can see that. Because like, um, everything looks like it's the 40s. Yeah, yeah, with them playing the card game and everything like that. Because yeah, they're playing a game of, we were talking about this, poker. <laughs> and it's just like the the style of dress of everyone else in the um, bar that they're in they is very, yeah, it's all hat, trench coats, fedoras type of stuff. And like you have um, the music in the background, it's like jazz and stuff like that. So yeah, it feels very old timey in a modern setting, which is cool. Yeah, and so in the episode, it starts out with them basically commenting how Batman might be more than one person, and then a voice says, uh, it's Ivy, and yep. and she's like, oh, well, I've run into him multiple times, and mm. then... Well, because she wasn't at the card game to start with, and she joins them, and like, she beats up Croc. Yeah. That was funny. And her and Two-Face start, like, going at it, and you find out that they used to date. Apparently, that must have happened. It's probably one of... Uh, granted, I haven't seen the show in a while, so I'm willing to bet that's just one of those things where it's, like, implied off-screen. Poison Ivy. It's been a long time, Harvey. You're still looking halfway decent. Half of me wants to strangle you. And what does the other half want? To hit you with a truck. We used to date. Ah. Yeah. Because do you remember in the show, do they go into... Do you see Harvey Dent become Two-Face? Mm-hmm. Like, there's an episode where he is just Harvey Dent. Yeah, and it's... Be, it's uh, not like a flashback. Season one, it's called Two-Face... Uh, is the first episode and Harvey Dent is the second and mm-hmm. the weird part about it is the Two-Face episode is all Harvey Dent and the Harvey Dent episode is all Two-Face Ooh, dun, 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 dun. and uh, yeah but what you were saying that this episode we watched is also technically season one so season I, one had 35 episodes so, well, yeah this is back when cartoons were like the first season is is 50 episodes the second season's like six this was the season finale of almost got him was yeah. Okay. And that makes sense because like you spent like all season um with these characters. So they are layered cuz I believe the animated series started in August or end of July. Okay. And went all the way to June. Well, that's one of those things where like obviously they didn't have a new episode every week. They they would take some off weeks here and there type of type of thing or because that's just how animation works in general even modern animation is like unless you have a series like um rick and morty where they like drop a whole season as opposed to something like gravity falls is a good example where they would like release like two episodes and then they would go for like three months without another one yeah that's that's what they did here they did probably like 10 episodes and then had a break and then they did another 10 and then they came back so yeah, I. You're right. <laughs> like th- there would be like giant month gaps, which and, isn't overly shocking. And what I loved about this episode is they're all friends. We already said that before, mm-hmm. but the idea of them being like, I wouldn't say friends, but they're th- friendly. Like they they weren't trying to actively kill each other in this situation, which is usually you have if you have two villains, they tend to betray each other or turn on each other which you know might have eventually happened in this but it doesn't during this episode so you have like these people who are on equal footing i think at one point they say they're hiding out at this location so i think it's like implied that this is like a seedy underground bar it's like a safe house exactly a safe haven safe house for for villain bad people yeah and they are hiding out because their stories are of how they almost got them is why they're hiding out 
Well, I thought that like some the some Jokers. of them were very, the Joker's was very recent, and I think who who was the before penguin. him the Penguin. They they were like because I think the Penguin said his was like last week, and Joker's was definitely the night before. But I think Ivy's Ivy's was specifically last Halloween. Mm-hmm. So I think some of them are just yeah, and here two, and there. Two Faces was like six months ago. Yeah. So why don't we run down what the sure. what the almost so yeah the premise is like they're playing the game and then they start telling these stories about how they all almost got Batman. Like, they almost almost killed him, almost defeated him. Oh, they definitely defeated him. But... And that I, that idea alone is just eye-roll-worthy. <laughs> it is. So, this um, episode reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons. And I don't know which one came out first, but uh, 21 story, 22 stories from Springfield? 22 short films about Springfield. 24 sh- short films that, about Springfield. That was, yeah. like, two years after this. Oh, that was it? Oh, after. so you think this one was in- inspired by? Maybe, but... Yeah, because that was like season seven of The Simpsons. I definitely believe it was. Hmm. That was season seven. That was... Wait, no. This was 93. That was 97. Yeah, so that was like four yeah, years right. later. Yeah, wow. But I know that Paul Dini was friends with Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein. So. Oh, there you go, possibly. But anyways, it, this it felt very much like that. So you have the different stories. Uh, we start with Poison Ivy's, and Ivy's is... Um, it was Halloween, and she had rigged all the pumpkins, or uh, this patch of pumpkins in uh, Gotham to release, uh, she called it Poison Ivy Toxin. Very original name. It had to be a neurotoxin. Yeah, some sort of like neurotoxin that was going to like kill everyone as the pumpkins were lit to jack-o'-lanterns, because which is pretty clever. I mean, but the idea of believing in chemical warfare or biological but, warfare is but like... Both her and the Joker are big proponents of biological warfare. Yeah, and um, the penguin. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he sprays toxins and stuff like that. Wow, this is a really messed up show. The uh, only one is Two Face. Well, Cro- Croc doesn't use toxins either. We'll, get, two, we'll get to that. The Two Face, Two Face, in here. This is how Two Face became like one of my favorite villains of all time. Mm-hmm. Is because of his design. Like this to me was the perfect design. Of he Two looks Face. like a monster. Like the the. Harvey Dent half of him because it's like the blue and the skin looks like it's like almost like dead and like he looks like half a zombie. He looks like a like something out of like a horror movie. And I always love that. Yeah, it's really cool. So Ivy's story is basically she didn't almost get him. They all almost got him I, except for her. I agree. Ivy is the least almost got at me. So like she's. She lights a uh, a tiny jack o' lantern, sprays Batman with the toxin in his face, and like so everything starts to fill up with toxin around him. And then Batman remotely controls the car to friggin' run her over, <laughs> and then he gets a a gas mask out of it and punches her. Like it was, if by almost got him, you mean didn't come anywhere close because he still had access to all of his stuff and then was still totally. Batmaning. Then yeah, you almost got him. Totally. And oh my my god. The next one is my favorite. The next one is Two Face. This one is Two Faces is really good. Two Face and the Joke are the best one. It and also Killer Croc. I was gonna say hardly disagree. Killer Croc is the best one. Yeah. We'll get to that. He's third. Yeah, uh so Two Face's story is that he was robbing the bank for what was it? Two million dollars in two dollar bills. Which that's astronomically heavy. Like, just think about that. Like, that's crazy. So that's half of. That's so much. That's I, that's a lot of bills. I don't even know if there's that many two dollar bills in existence. Yeah, 
And I also pointed out to you, they would know right away if it's a $2 bill. They're like, oh, I know where this came from. Yeah, clearly. Like, the most traceable bill ever at this point, I would imagine. Like, the only type of bill I think we would see less of is a 50 Or a silver like, dollar. That's true, too. Or like a Sacagawea. I was about to say Sacagawea dollars. I'm, there was a, um, a vending machine in my high school where if you would put in like a $5 bill... Or even just a one dollar. It would give and you Sacagawea. It would give you sac- and you press you press the coin return. It would give you Sacagawea dollars, and we used to do that all the time. So, what I loved about this is he's always been a businessman. He was a lawyer, and and he's clearly just a businessman. And in his story, he's he's not doing good. Like he's he's the world's worst bank robber. He was like the world's best prosecutor or uh, district attorney. He but, was the DA. Yeah, but he's the world's worst bank robber because he makes his presence known right away. Well, he uh, Two-Face is actually interesting because like he's based around like not only just like being pure evil, but he's also but he's not pure evil because he has that like crazy dual personality cuz like Harvey Dent's still alive in there. So part of me wonders if like He's all about the theatrics of, like, I'm going to do things in twos. So I wonder if, like, that's part of why he, like, not wants to get caught, but... That's why he wants the $2 bills. Exactly. That's clearly yeah. why he wants the $2 bills. So, like, everything about him has to be, like, a gimmick, which is most Batman villains, but you get what I mean. So Batman shows up, he knocks Batman up, and ties him... Well, look, you see, this is what made me think, like, okay... Two-Face really did almost get him because he beat... I don't remember how he beats up Batman or if Batman... He's already, like, captured Batman at the beginning of of it. One of the thugs. One of the thugs, like, hits Batman. And, like, so they're holding Batman and Harvey, like, takes his, um, his, his utility belt. So, like, Batman is screwed. So he ends up tying him on the giant penny because for some reason in this bank there's the giant penny that's in Bat, uh, the Batcave. Um, so he ties him, ties him to this and... He, he has this thing rigged up where he's going to drop these gold bars on like this seesaw style lever that's going to flip the coin because Two-Face is all about flipping his coin. He's going to flip the coin and Two-Face goes, heads, you get crushed to death by the coin. Tails, all your bones in your body will break anyways. So who cares? You're going to die. Very nice. And... <laughs> He does the stupidest thing because he, 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 he tosses him the coin. I don't remember seeing him toss the coin because he had flipped the coin um, and it had landed on the scratched out head when he was like, Batman, you're going to die. And I think he didn't pick it back up and Batman might have pawned well, it. I don't remember him problem. giving him the coin. But like, still, Batman had to like use his ingenuity and not just like have his Batmobile still available to him, Poison Ivy. Like, and so Batman frees himself. And then murders, you pointed out, he murders a guy. I don't think he murders him on purpose, because Batman... Two guys. Right? Yeah, two, two dudes. Because um, Batman takes the coin and he uses it to um, cut the ropes, because that's how coins work. Um, he uses it to cut the ropes that are, that are binding his wrist, and he breaks off and he jumps off of the coin, and the coin continues sailing through the air and then crushes two of Two-Face's goons. <laughs> To death, because they there is no because Two Face specifically said if this lands on you you're dead. Or or if it landed like on the bottom half of them, I just, I would just love to catch them. Be like, Bob, I'm paralyzed. <laughs> I can't feel my legs. I can't feel my legs. Well, because they're gone because you've been crushed in half clearly. <laughs> but um, and then so Batman like breaks off. He like kicks Two Face and and that's, that's where you have the Scrooge McDuck moment because yes. 
Because the, the I love a big bag of money with dollar signs on it. And How else will you know what's in there? I know. <laughs> or I if it's cart- had like gold. Oh, that would have been nice yeah, too. Yeah. I love cartoon shorthands like yeah. that where you just like, yep, that's a giant sack of money. Well, when, when the gold coins open up, I was hoping that Scrooge McDuck would come out and be like, <laughs> what are you doing in my vault? It was David Tennant all along. Um, so, yeah, he, he did come the closest to almost getting him. For now. I For now, yes, I will give you that. It, it really does come close. Well, when we get to the Joker, the Joker was very close as well. Um, he would have. Yeah, he would well, have done it. Yeah. Well, we'll get to that. He would have done it. But I now is your favorite. What? Oh, yeah. It's it's my favorite because it's the best. I think it's the best joke in the um, in the episode. So Killer Croc, Killer Croc, um, says, "Okay, I'm here's, a dinosaur. here's here's how I did it. Um, I cornered Batman. No, I no, I was hiding, and Batman was walking by me, and I threw a, a rock at him, and it almost hit him." beat they're all like that was it they all continue on talking he's just like it was a big rock there i was holed up in this quarry when batman came nosing around he was getting closer closer and i threw a rock at him so harvey what became of the giant penny it was a big rock and it was just really funny. Anytime I see Killer Croc now, all I think of is a uh, nostalgia critic when he did Suicide Squad. I don't remember that one. Because every time I didn't watch that one, I mean, every time Killer Croc comes on, it's just a guy in a T Rex mask, and he goes, <laughs> "I'm a dinosaur." Killer Croc is messed up nowadays. Like I, I'm sure he was in the books at this point, but like he's like a full on cannibal oh, nowadays, yeah. which is insane. I remember him in the Arkham games, and he's like the big hulking thing. Did you ever play the Arkham Asylum games by any chance? I know you, I know you're not a big fan the of like first modern one video I tried. games. Yeah. Did you ever get to the Killer Croc section? No. It's awesome. So like you're in this you you go into the Arkham sewers and there's these like um like wooden planks in the middle of like the sewer for whatever reason it's a video game and you're like creeping along the planks and if you make too much noise Croc like he's in the water below you. So like he'll know where you are and he'll like come out and he'll just like tear you and drag you under the water and it's terrifying and awesome and i love it how far into the the game is that oh it's it's towards the end because i would start off the game that way (laughs) start off right fair enough um so then we move on to what i feel is the weakest one the penguin story okay and this is paul williams who wrote rainbow connection and just an old-fashioned love song he's voicing him correct yeah he's the voice and he talks like this. Like, nah, see, nah. I know he doesn't talk like that. But. No, he's so articulate. Well, yeah, because uh, Penguin is like a... He's like a wannabe wealthy socialite. He is a wealthy socialite. And no, like, he's a monster. Yeah, Not well, that I know what you mean. He's, he, he's a rich bad guy who doesn't need to be a bad guy because he's rich. Like, that's what I never understood. But he has his own arboretum. That was the zoo. It, it turned, he, he, he must have, like, done a thing where he had, like, gone in and, like, taken it over for the evening or whatever. Well, he said he was running away because he, he stole from the zoo. Well, he was going to the zoo to steal condors? Something he was like going to steal something. He was going to steal some rare animal. And Batman takes his bait. Yep. And he goes, to, he sprays Batman and he goes, oh, no, this is the wrong umbrella. And then he just Which, throws it at him. 
And after he used his laser umbrella to cut open the door, like, okay, why didn't you just shoot him with the laser? Because, you have a laser. Because his whole plan was to get Batman into... But the, you could have killed him with a laser, Scott. But he's the penguin, so it has to be bird, so he gets these super horny, like, <laughs> hummingbirds. <laughs> with poison-tipped beaks. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so, just like, gold, not Golden Age Batman, but it's Silver Age. It's such goofy Batman it's um, like, villainy, villainy. It's almost like a James Bond villain, like style yeah. like the way they do complicated yeah. and i would and he monologued too yeah, he monologued the entire thing of what is happening he's like well it i sprayed you with a pheromone outside that makes these birds incredibly horny and they will stab <laughs> you with their beaks which have been tipped with poison one stab will make you drowsy two stabs will make you slow three stabs you won't be waking up from that more or less in the full stab they'll go to town because yeah. you'll be dead and so so he goes into his belt to get the neurotoxin and then this giant jurassic park style well, he goes in to get the um the antidote because mm-hmm. obviously batman has the antidote to this neurotoxin on his belt beforehand <laughs> Which, if comic book memory serves, Lucius Fox always needs to make something, so. De- Lucius wasn't in the show, though, right? He is. He is he? Okay, it's been, like I said, it's been forever since it's I It's really it. cool, because I believe Lucius Fox in the show is played by Billy D, which is a nice shout-out to the fact that he was kicked off of Batman after the first movie. Yeah, that's weird, because, yeah, because in Batman 1, he obviously played Harvey Dent. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that he played. Very cool. Yeah, and I also love how in Lego Batman movie they actually make him Two-Face. Did they really? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Lego Batman movie. He's like, just stay cool, Batman. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. So, then this giant Jurassic Park style condor. Yeah, it's like a weird ostrich looking thing. Yeah, and Batman just takes one of the the hummingbirds and just stabs him like a million times. <laughs> oh, because Batman had triggered the... um. The sprinkler system to wash the birds away like it, it it knocked them out or something yeah. and then he picked one up and he stabs the condor in the the leg which i don't know very much about birds but that's like the most armored portion of birds like why not stab it you know in the chest or the neck or something not you know the Any tough talent right exactly yeah. not not the foot yeah so then uh they actually recreate the opening of Batman because they blow up the the back of the Arboretum Gate, mm-hmm. just like the opening of the show. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. And when he goes to get the penguin, penguin's already gone and he's flying away, <laughs> which I always loved that. I always, he flies away on his umbrella? I always wanted that. <laughs> and I like how Batman, as he's leaving the uh, Arboretum and it's exploding, he's just like... Walking through the explosions because cool guys don't look at explosions. Batman's awesome in this. Batman is great. So, yeah, so good. So then we get to the final story, which is the darkest. Oh, easily. And it, it, literally because it's in black and white. Yeah. And that's that's the weird 1940s vibe again. It is because the the Joker the Joker's the last one. He's like. I did something. I almost got Batman. I almost got him last night. Here, I captured it on TV. Or it was on TV. So he takes out a TV that's in black and white, and he plays it for everyone. That's just his style. It really is. Like, 
it, here's the funny thing about it is because I know in the context we are watching a show, but from what Joker is showing us, if he was just showing us a standard talk show, we only would have had three camera angles. We get like low shots, high shots, zooming shots, moving shots, panning shots. Like apparently Stanley Kubrick directed this. Directed the TV show. And like it's very nice of Joker to have like backstage cameras too for us to see for like mm-hmm. when he goes backstage and stuff. It's just I'm 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 picking at nits here. Um but so so Joker was he like takes over like a Johnny Carson style show, like and, a talk show. And his Ed McMahon is Harley. Yes. And it's so it's very similar. You pointed this out and uh, I agreed with you. It's very similar to uh, a sequence in The Dark Knight Returns um, graphic novel by Frank Miller where the Joker goes on a talk show and then he murders everyone in the audience. He doesn't exactly murder everyone in the audience in this one, but it's clear callbacks to that. Because it's Fox Kids. But we've already watched two people get murdered. Oh, wait, no, at this point it was Kids WB. Um, Oh, okay. So... You have Harley, and she's like, "Here's my pudding," and he's like, "Oh, thank you, thank you." And then my special guest tonight is Batman, and Batman is tied to an electric chair. Yes, that's attached to something called a laughometer. And I love Harley goes to demonstrate, and she goes, "Ha, ha, ha!" Take that was it. funny. <laughs> she's taking lessons from Vicky from Small Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> Pizza, pizza, pizza. pizza. <laughs> so, like, so the, the way the laugh-o-meter works is it reacts as it hears laughter. It starts to turn on a generator, which then just consistently starts to electrocute Batman. Yeah. And uh, while he's electrocuting Batman, he takes out a hot dog and yep. puts it on a stick. The Joker starts to, yeah, roast a hot dog on Batman. And he says something like, here's your weenie roast. Like, yes. <laughs> Mark Hamill is so damn good. Yeah, like, he is. He's, he's delectable as the Joker. And uh, they need to up the ante, so they release the laughing gas mm-hmm. to get the electricity going. And this well, yeah, is, to the studio audience. So right. the studio audience starts laughing and at the, the phone book being read. And, and this is where I love... How they keep the the lore of Catwoman alive, mm-hmm. because in some stories, in my opinion, Catwoman has only been gotten right like maybe three times. Okay, and what? Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Yeah, oh, seriously? Yeah. Okay. Because she's not a bad guy. She's like a gray area. She's she, Catwoman was meant to be an antihero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Where in the 1960s show, she's just always a bad guy. I see. Okay, I see what you're saying. So here, Batman returns and... You're talking about... I assume you're talking about in adaptations because I haven't read every single comic, but I'm assuming there's more than just three cases in the comic of where she kind of goes back and forth. I would imagine. Right. Because in... um, So what are your other ones? So you've got Uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway, Michelle Pfeiffer, and then this. Was Michelle Pfeiffer... Was she a gray area? I thought she was more of a straight-up villain. Yes and no. Okay. It's been she, a while since I've seen that movie. She... Like, five years. starts out helping a woman. But she's not Catwoman at that point, right? She is. Oh, okay. The first time she puts on the suit, this woman's getting mugged, and she sees herself in this woman, and she stops her, and mm-hmm. then she's like, oh, I did want to save you, but you're so pathetic. And then she licks the woman's face. <laughs> Like Michelle Pfeiffer does. Yeah. So that's two. What's the third? 
Anne Hathaway. Oh, and, and this one. And, and this, this one, obviously. And then, so... I was going to say, she was good in The Long Halloween. Oh, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Catwoman in general as a character. She's also good in Hush. Oh, yes, yes, definitely. Love Hush. Catwoman annoys me as a character because I get that she's an anti-hero, and I get that she's, like, not a foil to Batman, but... She's like in love with Batman, but she's not going to stop being a cat burglar, but she will help him out at times. And it's just, I'm like, just be good, goddammit. Be nice to him and just stop stealing things. I guess in the latest run, they're getting married. I heard about that. Yeah, I yeah. I'm not reading current Batman books, but yeah, I remember Bruce proposes to her. Yeah, that made me want to like maybe start reading it again. That could be interesting. Um, so Catwoman saves him, but in the process... Uh, they, she doesn't because she thinks he explodes. Cause the, Does she? Yeah, because she gets kidnapped, and as she's getting kidnapped, it the... The, the studio's exploding, right? The studio explodes. Yeah. And, but the Joker knows he's mm-hmm. still alive and still out there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's, he's kidnapped Bat, or Catwoman, and he says to... Killer Croc asks him, he's like, so Catwoman was just unconscious, what'd you do with her in... in uh, Joker's like, oh, well, I'm going to... She's at, Currently, right now, she's at a cat food factory, and I'm going to grind her up into cat food and serve her to Batman tomorrow, or send her to Batman tomorrow, or something like that. So, and But that, going back to Catwoman saving Batman, that is the only way that Batman would have survived that scenario is through external saving. And that's why Joker is 100% the closest to almost got him. Yeah, and because at this point in the cartoon, they haven't introduced Robin yet. At the end of season one? I'm oh, sorry, you said Robin was introduced Beginning in season two. Beginning of season two. Right? So, yeah. But Joker asks, how's Robin? Oh, that's Joker right. asks him, how's Robin? Because while we were watching it, you even said, not the one I killed. Oh, that's right. So was Robin introduced? And he just, he, he was on break? I, I think he may have just been introduced. like Because, mm-hmm. once again... 35 episodes in, in season one. Yeah. So. It's also possible that, like, the order of the airing was off. But, I mean, Joker mentions Robin, so Robin clearly exists. Because this is also a volume set, mm-hmm. so they break everything up and they mix yes, everything not, together. The not only, in chronological. The only one that's in chronological order is the final season when they change the animation style. Mm-hmm. And so, they, like, flash forward, like, three years or something like yeah, that. or yeah. And they introduced Tim Drake, and everyone looks like Superman characters. <laughs> I like Tim Drake. Well, that was right. Was Superman was after Batman? The S- Superman animated series. So yeah, Superman the animated series also started in ninety five. Right? Okay, ninety five. So this was ninety three. Yep. And, and they went Justice League. Blah blah blah. <laughs> and they're basically like, we almost got him, and Killer Croc then turns into. He, he unmasked, doesn't even unmask, but he reveals that he is Batman. Killer Croc has been Batman this whole time, which makes me think that his story about getting almost hit by a rock wasn't real. Or actually, it might be true. I hope it's true. But it's funny because like if you like are watching the episode from that lens, like Batman lets himself get beat up by Poison Ivy. He lets himself get talked down to by all these other villains. It's actually kind of funny. Yeah, it think, is really funny. Think about that. Because they could have just like... Reached across the table any time and just stabbed him yeah, in the neck. Exactly, but Batman was trying to find out where Catwoman was. Like that was the whole, which is like a great, not frame. Like it was a, it's a story within a framing device that then ends on Batman going to the cat food factory to rescue uh, Catwoman because all the other um, patrons in the bar turn out to be cops and mm. Gordon's there. Yeah, and- I was like, it's a sting. 
Now, if if they're gonna pick like any villain for him to embody, why doesn't he like pick Clayface? Because Clayface is the biggest one, and he could fit his entire body in the suit into. That's a good question. I I would assume. Well, I think Clayface is supposed to be dead at this point. I, like I said, I haven't actually watched the show in forever, but he's not dead yet. I, okay, he's not, because I remember at the end of one of the Clayface episodes, he, like, falls off a cliff into water, and you think he's gone. Yeah, he, and then they show him going down the drain. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, so, I guess that's just, my assumption is Batman doesn't know he's alive, and, I mean, he knows that Croc, he could easily, more easily impersonate Croc, just <laughs> act stupid. My, my favorite shot in this episode is after Batman reveals that he's Croc, and, like, there's a light swinging, and... Croc standing there, or Batman standing there as Croc in the light, and the light swings off, and so like Croc goes into shadow, and you see Batman's silhouette. Oh, I love that. That's it was really, really gorgeous. cool. So then, they arrest everyone. Batman goes to the cat food factory and beats the hell out of Harley. Yeah, kind of. Like he like shows up, and Catwoman is like classic. Damsel in distress style, hogtied, not hogtied, she's tied up and she's on a conveyor belt. And she's gagged. Yeah, so you yeah just she's hear... gagged. <laughs> and so Batman shows up, Harley starts the conveyor belt, and Catwoman is literally uh, slowly inching towards these like giant grinding like blades. <laughs> and Batman opts not to go and rescue her. He jumps up to Harley, steps in front of her, and like, I don't know if he punches her or he like just grabs her. And then he like he's like, Oh, she's like, Why would you save me and not Catwoman? And like there's a switch on the wall and he just goes, he just goes bam. That's it. Oh. Oh. I'll I forget what she says, something. And then the one liner. Then the sexual tension is so palpable between Catwoman and Oh yeah. On the roof. Well it's not even sexual tension. She's like full on coming on to him. She's like, When are we gonna get away from all this? Just you and me without the masks. And then he's like Smell you later. <laughs> he, he Batman pieces out of there. <laughs> Almost got him. <laughs> That's the roll credits. Yeah, but here's the thing. He knows she's Selena Kyle. But Does she, he? Yeah, at this point he knows. But she has no idea who he is. Well, she just she just likes him. Yeah. She wants him. Well, but that's Sel- true love. Selena Kyle is like Bruce. You're like my best friend. Oh, seriously? Like that's their relationship uh-huh. in the show? Uh-huh. Uh, that would have been funny then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's the end of this episode. I mean, this is just an example. They took their entire budget to make a pilot. They were given like a million dollars to make a pilot. Whoa, the- that's expensive. And they used all that money to make the opening. Oh, seriously? Uh-huh. I remember hearing that story. Like that's like. That's all they sold the show on was yeah. just the opening. Yeah, and they're like, "Okay, we'll give you a budget of fifteen million dollars. Give us thirty-five episodes." <laughs> they're like, "Sold." It's a good show. I mean, it's probably outside of like select runs of the comics. I haven't read every single issue, but it's probably like one of the most consistent and best interpretations of Batman as a character. Right, and but this episode is just so weird because Kevin Conroy as Batman barely speaks. Like. Yeah, he's he's not the focus. Like it's he ev- is and he isn't. Yeah, well, he's the focus of the stories, but it's from the villain's point of view, which you never get in any other story. Most other stories, I'm sure there's a couple, but Batman as the main character as not the main character. He's he is the antagonist in this episode. Yeah, and like, that, he super is. That's what's so neat, and the idea that they're <laughs> the idea that. 
they all try to one-up each other. And, mm-hmm. and they all kind of respect each other, but they all hate each other, too. And they take jabs at each other. And, like, because, like, Joker, like, makes fun of um, Poison Ivy at the very beginning. He's like, well, normally it's ladies first, but since we don't have any ladies here, Ivy, How why about, don't you go first? Does he say Ivy or does he say Pam? He says Pam. He does say Pam, you're right. It's yeah. either Pam or Pamela. And I love... So they all have the names of characters from either the comics or... They call him. They refer to the Joker as Jack Napier. Do they really? They do. Mm, and that, well, this is the movie was super popular. But that also means that Jack Nicholson gets money from every episode the Joker's in. Oh well, yeah, because, I'm sure he wasn't upset about that. Because when he became the Joker, part of his merchandising rights, he signed on to be in the movie, but he also signed on for like merch money. I like when you hear the stories about like the big name people who like can muscle their way into that stuff because he must be must he must be making so much money from residuals from stuff like that. Right, because the whole thing is they're like fine, but it's anytime he's Jack Napier, mm, that specific character. And then it just got revealed that Jack Napier is the Joker officially. Oh really? Did they finally go into an origin story for uh-huh. something like that? Yeah. So now I thought they've always just kind of like danced around it. Not not now. I forget who he was in the Killing Joke, but it wasn't Jack. It wasn't Napier. Jack Napier. That was, that was pre. That was pre movie. Um, movie. So, okay. Well, because they're gonna do a Joker origin story movie, and mm-hmm. I, is that where they're gonna make him Jack Napier, or is this in the books? This is in the comic book. The one where he's reformed and Batman is now the villain. Like he's a good guy now. He's a he's a lawyer. Oh. Yeah. I haven't been following them. So neat. So yeah. Um. This episode was actually picked for us uh batman the animated series uh from your friend derek who oh derek requested this he, he uh we reached out to him and we said you can pick anything for saturday morning september and he said either do hey arnold which we were originally going to do mm-hmm. or batman the animated series and i was like i have all of batman the animated series i also that have makes all, it easy i well i also have all of hey arnold that makes it easy and um so yeah this was at db something if you want to follow him on twitter uh he picked this thank you derek and we picked the episode so he said we had free range and i think so we picked arguably this is arguably the best episode like i said it's been a while since i've watched it but i know this is like one of the consistently picked ones for one of the better ones the two we talked about were either this one or my favorite mad love Mm -hmm. because that shows the entire abusive relationship of um Joker Har- and Harley. Joker and Harley, but it's also the fourth season where he looks like Mickey Mouse where they redesigned oh, and yeah, so yeah, he yeah. doesn't look He doesn't have like the lips, right? He, like, he doesn't have re- this beautiful look. His eyes are pure black and he doesn't have the lips and his skin is green. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah. It's better than the um there was a Batman animated series where they like did like different spins on all the villains and Joker's like Rasta. Yeah, exactly. He's got like these like dreadlocks that's... and he looks like a like a gorilla. Yeah, that's the the Batman. Yeah, and that was Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, I've heard that um, Batman Brave and the Bold is a really good interpretation. Is, yeah. I haven't seen that one, but it's like that's more Silver Age. Batman does a team up with someone every every time, and I think Bender plays Aquaman. And, he like, does. Apparently, Aquaman's amazing in and that one. Alan Tudyk plays the Green Arrow. Oh, great! Yeah, Alan and, Tudyk's been doing a lot of voice stuff. And Dietrich Bader's Batman on that one. Yes, I knew that. I and love he like does like a really like fun like. 
Hello, super friends. Type interpretation. Have you been? Have you seen the critic? Uh, not the critic. The tick. The new one. No, I haven't. I don't have Amazon Prime. Uh, well, I have Amazon Prime, but I'm on a friend's account, so I don't get like the um, streaming benefits from it. I just get the free shipping. Oh, okay. Or two day shipping, but Cause, it's free. Because the show. I heard it's good. It's. Um, I just finished it today. Peter Serafinowitz is doing Adam West. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> um, I was talking with, you know him, you know Judd. Uh, yeah. Judd loved it. Judd, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, he, him he and I agree. <laughs> him and I agree on that. And Alex probably hated it. Just oh, kidding. well, Judd and I agree on uh, Alien Covenant being awful. I didn't hate Alien Covenant. I understand why people don't like it, but I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. I, just, I enjoyed it. I, I was bored. It. See, I was not bored, but anyways, this is a Batman conversation. Hey, we get sidetracked sometimes, and we're towards the end of the podcast, so yeah, people have already probably turned it off by exactly. now. Exactly. Yeah, they probably <laughs> shut it off when they were like, oh, Dwight's back? Bye. <laughs> I understand. Where's the tall blonde girl? <laughs> so, do you have any other, um, we already talked about your other favorite episodes, do you have any like favorite like Batman villains? Mr. Freeze. Free- oh, Freeze's story in this is That's one so of- good see i don't even this put that reinvented in, the character i don't even put that in my top my top 10 because that is like in my opinion the most perfect episode that's the one what's it called is it, there's like a baller ice ballerina or something like that it's, it's like the one that ends with iconic. him underwater pretty much yeah it's so good that's one of like the most perfect because like from what i understand and i'm not a big batman history buff but from what i understand pre this show freeze was almost like a b-list just joke villain he was and this gave him like like a pathos and like a legitimate drive and it like super deeply humanized the character until arnold schwarzenegger got a hold of him but like this completely reinvented freeze and now freeze is amazing well there were talks when christopher nolan was gonna Christopher Nolan was going to put Freeze in it. Really? It, I had never heard that. I've heard Riddler, but never Freeze. Yeah. Uh, he contemplated it, and he even talked to Michael Fassbender. Oh, that would have been interesting. That would have been a crazy good That would have been Freeze. really good, yeah. He there wouldn't have been to, enough room in that story, because Freeze, Freeze deserves to be a villain all on his own. Right. Go away, Poison Ivy. Because like, Freeze is just like an in-depth backstory. If they're going to do an origin movie, instead of doing the Joker, I want to see Victor Freeze. I want to see... That would be awesome. I would love to see that. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to. Yeah, so. which stinks. My my favorite villain, personally, is actually Clayface. Just because I remember watching Clayface that episode. Is great. And he's so awesome. Like, that was, like, the first time I saw something and was like, oh, my God. Like, I felt bad for the villain. This was before I saw the free stuff. But I, was, I felt heartbroken for what this man was going through. Like, just like he was wanting to become normal again and he couldn't and all that stuff. I also like Scarface, Scarface which is completely is opposite direction. And for like a more mainstream villain, uh, Riddler was always one of my absolute favorites. That is John Glover. That is Lionel Luther from Smallville. Oh, I've never uh, yeah. actually seen Smallville. So uh, he was he was in Batman and Robin. He was the guy who kills Poison Ivy and makes her Poison Ivy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. that guy. So, not Jim Carrey. Not Jim Carrey. So. For me, this series is perfect. Obviously, the Joker's great. Sorry. The Joker is great, but in my opinion, there are better villains. One of the best episodes is the Grey Ghost one, where Batman has to team up with the actor, played by Adam West. Yes! That's one of the best ones. Um, 
So top ten, Grey Ghost is there, and then you have um, Mad Love at the top, and then in the middle you have some really good ones. The Dark Knight stories ones, where the kids in season four mm-hmm. are telling stories of what they heard about Batman, and the girl, her name is Carrie. Oh, her name is Carrie Kelly, okay. and she does Dark Knight Rises, uh, Dark Knight Returns. That's cool. And Michael Ironside is the voice of Batman. That's badass. And in one of the other stories, uh, a kid says, "Well, my my uncle was a security guard, and he said the Joker broke in to the Grand Piano Store that he watches, and it's uh the voice of Space Ghost, the now late Gary Owens. Oh, and Michael McKean is." the joker and they're doing the adam west style that's awesome yeah that's that so episode cool. is great i mean to me this this series is perfect um how many bagels oh, oh 13 out of 13 13 this one's great this one's great um maybe i'll give it 12 i'll give it 12 out of 13 because it's no no, thirteen out of thirteen. This is great. Like I don't have anything wrong with it. Like the animation style is phenomenal. The way that the stories are separate, but then some of them interconnect is excellent. Um, just like some of the Easter eggs, like the giant penny, is is a lot of fun. It's everything about this is is great. No one is underserved. It balanced five villains perfectly. Even though one of them was a joke and was Batman, like it did everything i could have wanted it like breezed by um the only complaint i have is that robin wasn't in it and i i love robin i love i robin love robin too. way more than Who's i should your favorite my favorite robin mm-hmm. um okay i haven't read enough of them but based on like synopsis and what i've seen of them uh tim drake is my favorite tim robin. drake's my favorite too um because he's just cool. I think that if I read more of Damien's stuff, I might be swayed towards I hate Damien. Damien Wayne. I think he's gotten better from when it because um, was it Morrison who created him and mm-hmm. then did the whole run with him and like actually put him through a full arc as opposed to like someone like um, like Tim Drake who's like specifically there for a long period of time and was almost like not status quo y but I don't know because. Damien was interesting because he dealt with not Bruce Batman at first. So, like, you had, like, the whole, like, uh, Dick and Damien relationship that had to be created. And then when Batman, when Bruce finally came back, it was, like, fractured and something like that. It was. Anyways, Tim Drake <laughs> is my answer. Tim Drake or Carrie Kelly is mine. <sighs> Carrie Kelly, I'm not a big fan of. Carrie Kelly is from Dark Knight Rises, correct? Mm. Who's the one. Dark who, who was Who was spoiler? Who became spoiler? That was another female. I don't remember her name. I don't think it was Carrie. I don't think it was Carrie either. That's why I'm asking if it was someone else. And it wasn't Barbara Gordon. Because there was a... I believe Barbara was Oracle. uh, Yeah, and Batgirl. I believe that spoiler was a Robin at one point. Let me see if I can figure it out. I hate Jason Todd. Oh, obviously. Stephanie Brown. Stephanie Brown, who does eventually become... um, a Batgirl. I thought, yeah, she definitely played, she was Robin for a little bit. Um, Very briefly, from what I understand. For me, this is 12 out of 13. Okay. Because I hate the Penguin story. <laughs> That's fair. And I feel like they could have done, if they didn't even have the Penguin there, they could have done so much more with Ivy. They could have given her. Ivy was my least favorite part of this one. Um, 
I felt like they could have done more with her. I, I get hers was really just straightforward. Like Batman showed up and I sprayed him with gas and then he ran me over with a car. And that that's kind of the same. Maybe that I will give it twelve. That's right. I hate it. I did not like the Ivy story at all. I didn't like the penguin. Just story. kidding. Yeah, I like the penguin. You're wrong. No, okay. <laughs> so next week we're uh, doing a half dozen. Yes, we are. And uh, I'm excited about this half dozen. Yeah, because we're doing something very special. Yeah. So what did I miss, Scott? You missed Bobby's World. It. it are you going to tell me about it? Oh. Because I want to hear about it. We'll find out next week. Awesome. All right. So I'm Scott Carlin. I'm Dwight Stern. Stay, swir- <laughs> Stay swifty. Bye. 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 <laughs>